By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. OMG, I have an idea. You have an idea? We are not so straight talk. something a little bit different. I'm going to talk. <laughs> no guests, just going to shoot the breeze with you and just have a little chat. Because I think it's time we started talking about elections because we're actually in the middle of a provincial election. On June 2nd, you've got to go to the polls and elect your local MPP, which in turn elects them premier of the province and they you know voting's important pigeon you got to get out there and do it but have you ever noticed that politics just to be the same old same old that we've been seeing for a lifetime it's kind of sad that nothing's changed since covid you'd think that politics would have changed let me tell you a story pigeon actually earlier this week there was a a provincial leaders debate in North Bay, Ontario. The first thing was it was $125 to actually enter to be able to ask a question. But then you didn't really get to ask a question because I did watch the debate online. Um, but the first problem is who can afford $125 in this day and age to go watch the leaders debate? Anyway, this was put on by the FONOM uh, the Federal Organization of Northern Ontario Municipalities, which is a great organization. They work with municipalities, you know, try to figure things out, work together, all that stuff. That's great. But if you ever noticed, it's basically made up of white, straight, old guys, like they're bored. I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying there seems to be a very limited amount of voices on their board of directors. Anyway, so watching the, the leaders debate... It was like I watched this leaders debate every time since I was mm, 15. So I'm in my 60s now. Well, actually 80s, if you want to be honest. So I've seen the same type of debates every time. You know, same type of questions, same type of answers. And I mean, let's be real, Pigeon. If you don't have electricity... You probably don't know what the platforms are for all the, the major parties in Ontario. Did you also know that there was other parties like none of the above, the Ontario party, the new blue party? Uh, you should read some of their policies. It's like, 
hmm, there's a big reason why you're not getting elected. But anyway, let's not get into that. Let's just talk about politics in general. And let's face it, Pigeon, COVID has taught us a lot that we need to change how we do things. We need to put people first. And that's really important because that's something that seems to be missing. Or maybe it's the memo our local politicians haven't gotten. Maybe it's stuck in the mail. I don't know. But they don't seem to have gotten that memo yet. You know, COVID taught us that we have to think differently, that we have to put people first. We need livable wages. We need good housing. We need good health care. Oh, pigeon, but we just seem to be struggling on all these things. Now, I'm not blaming all the politicians, because let's be real in the end of the day. Who's lived through a pandemic before? I mean, in fairness, nobody. I mean, the last pandemic was over 100 years ago, and that was called the Spanish flu, where people died, and like millions of people died. Yes, we had the battle with SARS, but that was nothing like what COVID's been, in my experience. And I'm not picking on any of the politicians. I don't expect them to know what the answers are. Because really, federally, provincially, and even in our cities, I mean, really, none of them have lived through one before. So who's going to know the right answer at the end of the day? So, I mean, I get you're going to try things. You're going to try to figure things out. But what really worries me in the province of Ontario is that people just don't seem to matter. And that's a worry pigeon. Let's look at long-term care. You know, there was supposed to be a ring of iron wrapped around the long-term care. We know that majority of deaths during COVID in long-term care happened in private long-term care homes. That's a fact. I'm not saying anything that's not new. Then we had the Ford government, and I'm not, I'm just saying this is fact too. They decided to give more money and more funding to private long-term care homes. Now, I'm not like the smartest person in the world, but if you're responsible for a whole bunch of deaths, should you get the contract or more funding to be able to do that? I mean, I'm no rocket science, but that just doesn't make any sense to me at the end of the day. Because you want to protect your seniors. You want to let them live with dignity. You know, in all honesty, Pigeon, my grandmother was in a long-term care home. And I was sad by that. She had Alzheimer's. She suffered terribly. And the experience we had with understaffing and, like, even the meals. Oh, my God. Like, you could tell they're so understaffed in long-term care. And my grandmother died of a septic UTI and dehydration. And how is that possible in a long-term care home? And this was a private long-term care home. This happened just before covid it's really hard to figure out how could that possibly happen? I don't know, Pigeon, but it should never have happened because if there was a proper staffing level and the minimum standards of care were met, uh, she'd probably still be today physically healthy as much as a 90-year-old could be. And, um, and I mean, to be honest, she was pretty spry for her age in her 80s. So that really concerns me that you're going to continue down that path. But have we learned our lessons? Because we've had governments that have come in and privatized things. And then we realize, oh, my God, this is not a good decision. We should not have publicized, uh, public, uh, privatized this. We should have kept that public and under government control. And, they, you know, 
there's a lot of confusion about what it means to be a socialist or whatever. You know, in socialism, you actually get to be an entrepreneur. You get to build your businesses and become rich and all that stuff. But the catch is under socialism, you got to pay your fair share of taxes because then it spreads and takes care of the healthcare system that saves you money because you don't have to pay for anything. Or you get pharmacare and then you don't have to pay anything. You know, so you get dental care, so you don't have to pay anything. That's what socialism is. And like like hydro would be government controlled still. So you wouldn't be paying the highest rate in Canada is Ontario because we sold it off and made it private. So these are things you gotta think about, Pigeon. We've been down all this road before, and why are we going to go down it again? We can't privatize our services. That's just not a good idea. We want our hospitals to be government-funded, so we don't have to pay out of our pocket and lose our homes or anything. I don't want to pay for my prescriptions. I mean, I have a heart prescription that costs me like $3,000 a month, and I have to pay a huge deductible on that. My God, Pigeon, like, that's not fair. And then you have seniors... For some reason, we keep forgetting them. They're still existing. They're still here, but we seem to forget them. Like they're on a pension that went up like a dollar. How does a pensioner who's paid into the Canada Pension Plan and Old Age Security all their life deserve to try to live on $1,000 a month or $1,200 or whatever it is? It's not very much. And we all recognize, including the federal government, because they passed it at their... Their last convention, universal basic income is a minimum of $2,000 a month for you to live your life and be able to afford to live. So these things are all concerning. I do have a challenge, though, for some of the MPs and the MPPs that maybe you should live off that for a few months and then say, oh, wait a minute, maybe we need to change that. Because let's be real, Pigeon, an average MPP makes how much a year? They make over $130,000 a year. A federal MP makes over almost $170,000 a year. Plus, they get all their expenses paid for. And, I mean, really, I mean, I could live quite well on that. I mean, I the average income in Canada's, um, the last thing that came out was, I think, a month ago that said the average inc- household income in Canada was $62,000 a year. Now, that could mean a family of four. Like, how do you live on that? Like, I don't know. Like, and let's also talk about the minimum wage. You know, some people pick on minimum wage workers, but let's be real here. I know a bunch of minimum wage workers that couldn't find jobs in their careers that they were actually choosing to. They went and got degrees, but they couldn't find the job or the master's. A master's pigeon. That's like, you know, years of school. And then they go and try to find a job in the field they were studying, and then they can't find one. So that's a problem, Pigeon. You know, because and then don't look down on a McDonald's worker or a retail worker. You don't know their history behind them. You should be really nice to them. You know, because at the end of the day, you don't know what the hell they were going through. You know, you don't know what their background is. I mean, I have a degree, but nobody knows that. But, you know, I used to manage grocery stores because I actually liked doing it for a while. I don't like it so much anymore, so I don't do that. But, you know, it's like we got to really start thinking about what are decisions making and not to vote. 
is not a good thing, Pigeon. And strategic voting, not a good thing, Pigeon. Just vote for the person that you think is going to do the best for you. Because eventually, proportional representation will be a reality in this country. And then every vote will count. So if you just continue to vote for the person that does the best for you, instead of worrying about who's going to get in, and you don't want that party, or you don't want this party, just vote for the person that's best for you. Because, my God, Pigeon, politics has to change. Because I watched that debate, I was bored. I was so bored, I was worried. But let me tell you something that's happening in this country. But I'm going to get back to that right after this commercial because, you know, we've got to have our sponsors get their turn. And I'll be right back to talk to you about QueerVote.ca and what's happening at the end of May. Come right back to us on Not So Straight Talk with Geriatric. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Welcome back to Not So Straight Talk with Geriatric on Hunter's Bay Radio 88.7 and MuskokaRadio.com. And we were having a conversation about politics and what's going on in the world. And before the commercial break, I mentioned about QueerVote.ca. Well, let me tell you what's happening in this month. Or maybe you should, well, maybe we'll tell you. Okay, so what's happening is, is this year, QueerVote.ca, you can check it out. Um, is an organization, bipartisan, that has got together with a whole bunch of Ontario Prides, and they've decided that they're going to work together and help create an opportunity for underrepresented voices to be heard by the political parties and their leaders. Now, this is a step in a direction that is long overdue, Pigeon. It just hasn't happened. We, I know that some people have been pushing for years, asking the leaders to do this. They've all been reluctant for whatever reason. I think it's because they don't understand what they're actually getting into. They're used to those debates that they can go to, like in North Bay. They kind of have a sense of what the questions will be. They kind of get scripted answers. They're comfortable and all that stuff. But if you're going to go to a debate that we're talking about... You're getting questions from the community. You don't know what those questions are going to be. You're going to have to really know your stuff. And also, if it's based on anything like what North Prey Pride did last year during the federal election with the local candidates, that means you get very specific questions. And when you're answering that questions, you actually have to answer to that person's particular situation and how you're going to help them get better or do better, or create something that works better for them. You can't just quote policy and platforms, because it doesn't work that way. People aren't a piece of paper with numbers on it. We're not that. Humans change all the time. So it's actually really exciting. So places like Pride Toronto, and Hamilton, and North Bay, and Pembroke, and Thunder Bay have all gotten together and are now talking about a debate on May 26th. And I, Pigeon, have had the honor of being asked to help moderate this debate. So, not only that, 
And I'm also very excited, Martha Chavez is going to join me as a moderator. And how exciting that you will know her from This Hour Has 22 Minutes. She's been on all kinds of comedy tours. She's an amazing comedian from Guatemala. She's wonderful, and I am so looking forward to it. Oh, and she's part of the community, too, the LGBT community. So I'm so excited to be working with her. And I just want to say this is different. So... It's not just about the queer community either, Pigeon. It's about community voices that don't get heard. Like, why can't we have an Indigenous um, debate with the leaders? Like, why can't we? We've messed that up so badly. Why can't we have all the leaders sit down and answer questions from the Indigenous community? Anyway, in this debate that the Queer Vote has put together, they've invited an, a chief from Nipissing First Nations up north, and they've invited one from the south to actually start by asking the questions and the first follow-up, which I think is a great way to start a debate. And it, and also, Pigeon, they've invited every party. They didn't just invite the leaders of the four major parties, like the Greens, the Ontario Liberals, the Conservatives, and the NDP. They invited all of them, like the None of the Above Party, the Blue Party, the Ontario Party, so I think that's exciting, Pigeon. They're taking a very different approach to how to do the um, debates, and I think that's going to make a big change. And my God, Pigeon, I'm funny when I'm in politics. <laughs> You'll love it. You'll have a great time. So make sure you look up queervote.ca. Now, Pigeon, let's talk about something that's really important. You have to vote. You can't sit at phone and say, it doesn't make a difference, it doesn't do anything. Do you know if just the LGBT voted, uh, all of you got out and voted, you would actually change the outcome of any election? That's how many people belong to our community. Now, if you multiply that by generations, so seniors, if they all got and voted, or students got all out and voted, you'd change the direction of the election. There would be a heartfelt change on who becomes government. Personally, Pigeon, I think our best governments are minority governments because we all benefit when parties are working together and they have no choice. I think having majority governments is very dangerous for all of us because those governments can just pass whatever they want. You know, they don't have any opposition. They don't make the deal better. They don't hold them accountable because they can just pass it because they felt like it. So I think it's important to really work towards minority governments because you force those parties, all of them, to work together. And that's really what government should be, Pigeon. It's government working together, all those parties, looking out for the best of everybody living in Ontario and Canada. Wouldn't you agree, Pigeon? I certainly think so. So let's get out there and vote. Now, I'm not going to tell you how I vote, because that doesn't matter. It's entirely up to you. Do I agree with the current governments of Ontario? No, not really. But I'm not here to bash them. I'm not here to point out, you know, the, the same policies. But I'll ask a question. Here's my question if I got to ask the leaders. You're all talking about mental health. And I'm going to tell you a little story, because they're investing money in mental health, because they've recognized that mental health is really, really important. In 2017, I, unfortunately working, uh, was held hostage. 
I suffered from PTSD. I was beaten. Uh, it was at gunpoint. It was a terrible experience, Pigeon. It was one of the worst I've ever had. The lasting effects of that has been traumatic. I don't sleep well. My poor partner, I wake him up all the time because I can't sleep properly. I go through all kinds of nightmares. I go, I mean, it's a little bit better than it was in the beginning, but it, it, it's definitely tough, Pigeon. To get mental health, it took me two years to finally see somebody that was able to deal with my situation. So they're talking about, you know, giving you access to mental health. But nobody has asked the leaders, how are you going to get this waiting list done? So there's enough psychologists and therapists and all that to deal with the backlog of two years. Great that it's covered by OHIP and that's what you're going to do. That's wonderful. But what are you going to do to create something so I don't have to wait two years? That would be my question to the leaders around mental health. But nobody asked that question. The debates don't ask that question. The, the people that have regular access at the debates and everything with the leaders don't ask those questions. So what's the answer? Well, I don't know, Pigeon, because I never heard from Andrew Horvath or Doug Ford or Mike Schreiner or Stephen DeLuca on any of that because I, nobody got to ask those questions. But they're not being asked those questions that really matter to you and me. And that's the problem with politics today. And that's why it needs to change. Because politics is about you, Pigeon. Politics affects your everyday life. This is why you cannot just not vote and don't care. Because everything our government does impacts you some way or another. Minimum wage versus a livable wage. Everybody deserves a livable wage, Pigeon. Yet livable wage is that you can pay your bills and have some money left over so you can live your life. A livable wage does that. Minimum wage certainly doesn't do that. And let's face it, what's the other question? You've got a person working three part-time jobs because that's all they can find. But you can't find them a full-time job with a livable wage and good benefits. Like, that's what's wrong with us, Pigeon. We keep thinking short-term. we got to think long-term. And Pigeon, let me bring up something else. You know, all these politicians are quoting, you know, we've increased the job force, we've got empty positions and all this other stuff. You didn't increase the job force. Like, you know, 500,000 jobs they're claiming in the last four years. People went back to work, Pigeon. <laughs> they didn't create new jobs. If they did, it's not 500,000. Like, some of them have claimed... It's just people have gone back to work after COVID. And also lots of people that worked during COVID don't want to go back to what they were doing because they lost their jobs, they got laid off, they got locked down, they couldn't go to work, they had to work, depend on other income, they've lost their homes. And who the heck can afford a home now? I want to buy another home, but I can't afford it. Like really, pigeons, like we don't think long term. We don't think long term. We think... When government gets elected, we think, oh my God, I got to fix this today, but don't worry about tomorrow because it doesn't matter. They don't, you know, they claim they think about long term, but do they? I don't think so. I think they want to know, they want to look good by saving millions of dollars, but the reality is no one, no party has 
invested properly in government services. None. They've made cuts, they've funded. They've made cuts, they've added funding. And I will say this about the current Ford government, because you need to know this, Pigeon. When they were first elected, they cut millions and millions of dollars from long-term care, mental health, health care, all kinds of stuff. And now they're claiming they're putting all this money into these things. Really, at the end of the day, Pigeon, see it for what it is. You're just replacing cuts that have been previously made. You're really not investing in anything. But you're trying to make it sound good. So, Pigeon, what I'm saying is, do your research. Don't just believe what they're saying. And I don't mean use Facebook and YouTube as your research. Go look at their budgets. Go look at their reports. Look at the history of what we've gone through, from Mike Harris to Bob Ray to Kathleen Wynne to all these people that have come and gone in our government. Really, at the end of the day, they work for you. You don't work for them. And an election is a job performance review. And that is your opportunity, Pigeon, to say you're doing a good job or it's time for you to move on. Anyway, Pigeon, on that note, I hope you get out and vote on June 2nd or one of the advance polls. Make sure you do what your civic duty is. Make sure you make those changes. And I hope that you will tune into our debate on May 26th. Follow us and get the information from queervote.ca or you can follow North Bay Pride uh, Facebook page or northbaypride.ca and get all the information because eventually it will be on there too. And Pigeon, I look so forward to you. I hope you're all doing well and staying safe and living the best life you possibly can. Bye-bye, Pigeon, and thanks for tuning in for Not So Straight Talk with Geriatric. Please stand for human rights. Inclusion, diversity, equality.